0: Thanks for I'm at Lottie's, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's, and I'm excited about today's show, because it's going to rock.
1: This lady, next night, you next to and to me, there's nothing more important. Not going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Meet Us at Molly's as a part of our coverage from the Chicago Heroes event this past weekend. Gina and I got to participate in a bunch of different meet and greets over the weekend with various actors from all three shows. The meet and greets were an hour-ish of Q&A style conversation followed by time to take selfies with each star. We're bringing you the highlights of each meet and greet that we attended. First up, Marina and LaRoyce aka Burgewater. Since we weren't able to get audio of Everyone's saying their questions. I'm going to re record their questions so that you can hear them clearly. I left the audio in of us asking our questions on the day of so that you know which were our questions. So, without further ado, here are the highlights from the
0: Burgewater Meet and Greet. So, first question um, Voight has a different relationship with each member of the unit. He's got a really different relationship with Burgess versus Atwater, and I'm curious: Do you guys have you guys recognized that? And if so, why do you think that is? Because with with Atwater, he's a lot more hands-on, but with Burgess, he's kind of hands-off. Yes. So, like, have you noticed that? Yeah. And why do you think that might be?
2: Well, I think. Um, I think I, hands-on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Facebook, That's right? That's the outwater yeah. voice story. Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: no, but what happens is I think any good coach, right, if we if we consider Void to be something like a coach to a team, mm-hmm. any good coach knows his players very well. Right? And if you know or understand your player strengths, um, you know, the best way to utilize them naturally is for you to you know, work with them in the way that you meet them where they are. And Mm -hmm. so if he understands that Atwater can probably handle or, you know, respond to a certain stimulus differently from Burgess, then Void is the kind of coach that is going to implement that. And, you know, we just kind of have to trust the way he gauges all of us. And if you watch the show, most of the time, he's almost right.
0: And Jason, i say, thinks about his character and how he acts, like, all the time. That's all he does. He just goes home. (laughs) and thinks about it so yeah. he has a very specific intent with each character and that is very much planned. Yeah. I think he he says he feels very tender towards Burgess like almost you know yeah very like so yeah so he thinks about that and it's very like very much part of his actor ethos. Cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Thanks. Great question though. Thanks. <laughs>
1: This isn't really a question, but can you say, "Call the ambulance, Peterson"?
0: Oh,
2: I can say
0: it with you. On three. Ambulance, we'll Peterson. Yeah, yeah. One, two, three. Peterson, Peterson. at least you call an
2: ambulance.
1: In one of the episodes, Atwater did a scene of routine at Molly's. Did you get told the jokes to say, or did you, LaRoyce, come up with the jokes yourself?
2: Um. That was that was uh You're I got, I got no we, <laughs> we, haven't luck we were exactly. No, nah, that was that was uh, that was a dope moment for me. I learned a lot in that moment. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what happened. The process went like this. Um I was told that I might do some comedy in the in the episode. Um, because I, I actually do stand up comedy, so they thought it'd be dope to throw that in. And I was asked to collaborate on the joke and joke options went back and forth. Um and there were jokes that I thought, like I, I wrote Atwater what I thought would be a real dope joke, but the joke that we had to go with was more conducive for the episode itself. And if you remember the episode, it was about um, essentially running from the police. You know, like there were, there were these black boys that ran into this church for refuge. And so they wanted the joke to have something to do with running from the cops. So the joke that I wrote, that I thought probably would have been a lot, a lot more funny and appropriate, <laughs> Um, for Atwater, seeing as though he's the only character on the show who's yet to have a love interest, I thought it'd be interesting if you gave Atwater an opportunity to tell jokes that he made commentary on why he probably doesn't have a love interest. And so, you know, the joke was curated from like a hypothetical conversation that Burgess and Atwater probably had, where Burgess, you know, asked him to get on like Tinder or something. But his profile is like way too powerful for the average chick to really,
0: you know, want to swipe
2: back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because the profile would read black, 6'3", 250 pounds, breaches doors extremely well, great with handcuffs. The average chick don't want that guy. And the chick that does want that guy probably has missed me. You know what I'm saying? The joke was about how, you know, like, I, I would love to go on dates, but I've arrested half of my crushes. And if our first date was when Boyd told me to throw you in cage, then we probably don't have a bright future. So that had nothing to do with running from the cops. So that didn't make it. And so they created this joke that that I kind of did have to finesse with, you know, what the episode was about. And if Atwater does do comedy again, maybe, you know, Amali's or something, hopefully we can throw that joke out there. And that might curate you, know, a love life for man. you had love a hot life.
0: second with that mortuary person. Yeah.
2: Like. Literally a second. Yeah, literally right. a <laughs> second. Yeah. I, we, I, we
0: all went that and we're like, yeah. It's I was like, okay,
2: here we go. Here we and go. And then we did it, and I guess we it just it, it wasn't, wasn't
0: powerful.
2: Wasn't powerful enough. <laughs> And you, I don't know. Maybe you know, you Water's just nervous around women. He flirt as well as he. Because every time I try to flirt with the honey, they, they cut it. You know, I don't know what they are scared of. I don't know. You know, black love. I don't know, like, I don't know if they think I'll be too aggressive with the honey. Like you know, I don't know, man. But we'll figure it out. Sometimes, so maybe like season nine
1: you were just talking about Jordan and Vanessa and, like, that birthday party scene, and we obviously saw a lot more of Jordan and Vanessa this season so far. Mm-hmm. But how much of that backstory do you know? Like, because, I mean, they've kind of talked about that, obviously, like, you were their guardian, but, like, do you know the circumstances of how that came to be? Is that something you've kind of made up in your head? Like,
2: mm-hmm. it, it, it's, a, it's a combination of a little bit of both, you know. It's like you you start to create your own story right. from the little to no information they've given you. You know, and then you just,
0: you know, so, yes. so yeah, right. the,
2: they, they told me that my dad was in jail okay. and that my mom was dead. Okay. So that's how I got my sister, I mean, my, my little sister and my brother. Right. Um, and, you know, there's been this, and what's interesting is that oftentimes they write something and, or they have thoughts to write things, but depending on what's going on with other characters or Depending on you know the priority of storyline, some stuff right. just doesn't happen, and so there's been rumors um, around the writers' room for like my father coming out of jail and, and awesome. wanting my and, and wanting custody of my little brother and sister oh, for like cool. financial reasons or whatever. Right. Which would have been dope, but awesome. for whatever reason that didn't happen. And it that hasn't ended happened up, yet. Yeah. Like the storyline ended up
0: that, that coming up
2: that. Yeah, that
0: Because there's like so much story, right? Not to, to, just to say, for like for me, like I've been a little, I don't know if you were invested or not in this part, but I've been a little frustrated about the sort of looseness of the Berzick storyline. That like comes up, and goes away. It's like it's like literally, I kiss him and then I'm like peace, and then I kiss him and it's like peace. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <Yeah>. Amen. <laughs> it's very frustrating. With to me, us. it's just
2: peace all over. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a for the episode where Amy was singing uh, karaoke. Oh I'm with, um, and you're, oh yeah, it's your episode, and you're, and, and I give, uh, uh, Patty and I are having shots at the bar, and that scene goes, I'm like, get down here, boys, and, and it's just that, and that's just what you saw, but what the scene was, is him being like, hey, about last night, because in the episode before we went home together, and I was like, listen, it's just for fun right now, I just want to have fun, and he like fights it, and I'm like, no, this is but you it's gone. Right, it's, it's gone. Just yeah. So it's so, like, yeah. So, yeah, so we try,
2: you know, to um, make stuff make sense and we try to fight for like certain storylines that we love ourselves. I'm gonna
0: fight but your dad coming. That will be dope yeah. for my dad to like kind of come out of yeah. nowhere
2: and depend, you know, and so, and that's something that can still happen. Right. But, um, you know, it just hasn't come down the pipeline yet. And then the story came up with the families that were giving people away. And so, what we've been doing this season is if you notice, the the internal crises that happen within our characters sometimes parallel the cases. Yeah. Right? And so we're dealing with parents that are like sending kids away but at the same time they're, oh, they're they're not they're like kids leaving, right. Right. And I'm also, you know, in my mind battling whether I should technically rehome my little brother and sister. Like that's the way that the writing has been uh, formatted this season. So it just kinda happened that the went to Texas. And so they may may not come back, you know saying, I'm saying? I'm not sure, but I'm always excited to see, to like make work. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know where in Texas they, they are, but they can <laughs> come visit me.
2: Right. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I'm, I'm always excited to just try to make work whatever they get, you know, That's for right. me. It's, and, you know, for us, it's always like that adventure. You know, it's, we can't force it. We don't write these characters. A lot of times, above our pay grade, um, we get paid to kind of just execute whatever they ask us to. We make it make sense for ourselves and right. for y'all
1: and hopefully you did. Off of that real quick, is it hard, like for example, like when Jordan and Vanessa, like they're such integral parts to who Atwater is as a character, but they only come in for like two episodes at a time and then they'll go away and we might not see them for like two or and three more recast. seasons. Yeah. They, they, so, right, or they get recast or whatever. So like how, but like they're supposed to be so integral to who Atwater is. So how is it I, working to that chemistry though when they're not there well, but for so long? Is,
2: you know, do a, that into atwater's actions and so i'm never i'm always a big brother
1: okay
2: when i'm out there i'm always and and, and it's like if you should be able to feel that and sometimes it manifests in a relationship with another little boy that maybe you know it's like the relationships that we have whether we see our characters every day we have to live them i'm a big brother in real life i got you know two little sisters and a little brother that i care for a lot so it's easy for me to always kind of hold that energy and if you hold the energy, you know that they, they right. live forever. And so that way, when they do pop up, it's real and it's not gotcha. inorganic. It's just, you know, it's just as authentic. Gotcha. And Burgess is the same way because she has an example. Like she kind of, you know, we carry. Like Burgess has a sister in the, um, in the episodes. Oh mm-hmm. uh, no! I know. always have a sister. Right. <laughs> she always has a sister. Every
0: episode, I have a sister. Every episode, right. in some episodes.
2: You know what I mean, but we don't always see her sister, but sometimes right. the energy right. of her sister. Manifest
1: yourself. For Marina, talking about Nicole, your sister, your last episode was really good. How does that affect Burgess on a day-to-day basis?
2: What about me, though? It affects me yeah. when I see Burgess <laughs> do stuff like that. Oh, you broke my heart, Burgess. Why? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very much a fan of Burgess.
0: Because I'm going dark?
2: No, it was just, it was just an amazing performance. I'm good at going dark. Oh. You just, it was just dope. I, you could be going light. Okay. It so well. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I,
0: thank you. Um I don't know. Like, you know, we do have an element of the show that is that keeps going throughout the whole season. So, it's not just like one epi- if you one episode and it's over. But there is a, a part of our show that is one episode and it's over. Episodic it's called. And so I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested in what you guys think. I mean, I think that she is getting darker. I mean, it sort of there's a part of me that like in my head when I saw the scene, like just when I, I, like to visualize scenes, like I saw my character sort of sitting in Voight's chair at the end. Like it does seem to me like she's becoming what Voight is and that's not the person who entered intelligence. So I'm a little nervous about what that means. I don't, I'd be interested in seeing when she's tested again to see what it, like if it's only like, if it's only like uh, for women victims, like that's the thing that like lights a match. Or is it like she is this new person who is not afraid to bet the rules and put people in the cage? And I remember when I first went to Intelligence, I always thought that I would be the one who I think this is more Jay's character. He's the one saying, Boy, you can't do that. That's not fair. That's not the law. I thought that's who Burgess would be. And it's really not. It's really not her character at all. But I see, think I think Burgess gets it. Gets it. Yeah. Yeah. I think she gets Boy. Yeah, I think that's right. You know. No, but I don't know that she gets him I think she's understanding. She's part. She's. Oh yeah. Like, cause I don't think that she. I don't she's think she's okay with this part of herself. Yeah. But she knows that it exists. That everyone can sort of be a void if yeah. themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. 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 Yeah.
1: She earned his respect. Cause he oh, poured her she. a drink. Oh, so. oh yeah. Because earlier in the episode, I was sitting there like, "Oh my God, you can't lie to void, You're not supposed to." <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, when he poured her a drink, I was like.
0: Never mind. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right? But but it's like that moment that you have with your parents, right? You don't know you can have this conversation. Like, oh, this is now
0: I'm an adult. You know what I'm saying? Like, now you're an adult. Yeah, yeah.
2: And that yeah. moment for me, when I watched Void and right, just have that moment, it was like, you know, it's, it's it's a moment that that I don't even think Atwater's been invited to yet, because oh, it's that it's that part of Void like, they shared drinks. Like, Void came to my crib and, like, brought beers over because... Which,
0: by the way, was my scene. Which, the by the way, was my scene. Through, yeah.
2: That was that was in the first scene. Through, and through, and then, it was
0: my scene. And then the next day, it was Void. I was like... Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but, you know, we shared, like, beers over family stuff. They shared...
0: Evil, <laughs> right. they share Your bourbon over bodies.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I'm, saying? <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is another relationship. <laughs> you know that. But that's, oh, that's bad. But, you know, but you just got the title
0: bad. of the Boyd Atwater spin off right there, right? Bourbon, bourbon over bodies. <laughs> <overbodies>. Yeah,
2: <laughs> 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 deal with Burgess and Boyd,
0: Atwater and Boyd. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> know,
2: I don't know if Atwater's ready because as I think about Atwater's trajectory. This season, it's interesting where our characters are when we walk into intelligence because we both like went into intelligence. I think with you know bright eyed and bushy tail with with these ideas and like the things that we wanted to probably change about our units and stuff. You know what I'm saying, like being ambitious. And Atwater, honestly, when you think about what he's been through, especially this season, what I play is that he's thinking about not even being a cop anymore sometimes. Like he, yeah, like I question sometimes if I want to do this because I compromise. I've compromised a lot. by My little sister, my little brother, ain't with me. And the, like the deeper I get into the job, the more time I, time I time sacrifice. Time. I'll, talk to, really? I'll talk to him. Really, because
0: like they have never sort of done that sort of crisis of wanting, not wanting to be a cop. They haven't really. Played
2: yeah, that. But, well, I, I play with it, and you may or may not be able to see it, but it's it's something awesome. that that I think is interesting for all of our characters to really think about what we're giving up. And so if every episode I think about, man, what is Atwater giving up? I damn not gave up my life messing around with Kyle Pfeiffer in that basement with them Latin kings. So think about it, I'm like, man, dude, it's like, and the story is I've already killed some of my own people, not even my own people, but people from where I'm from, on this job. And if you think about why Atwater became a cop, to protect, to protect his family more efficiently and effectively. And honestly, the more I lean into the job, it seems like the less I can do that. And so that's the push and pull that Atwater's been uh, playing with. Also, how do I become a black cop in, in in a community where black people don't respect the cops nor do the cops respect black people? So it's like this conundrum where it's like I wanna do this for the right reason so I can like be an example to my culture, both the cop and black culture. But also I'm 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 almost losing my life and I'm, you know, endangering my family and you know, so that's that push and pull is interesting to play with. And we didn't walk into intelligence thinking that we were going to have these moments, knowing that we were going to have burden with voice over bodies. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? But it's, it's, it's very interesting to see where these characters have come to have grown yeah. in an interesting way.
1: Who is your favorite non PD actor from the other shows to work with?
0: I have the most fun with Jesse Spencer, he makes me laugh a lot. Uh, Acting wise
2: I'm probably, I'm, I'm going to have to throw Nick Gelfis in there. Niff Gelfis
0: is, what, goddammit! He is so <laughs> intense. Like, he'll be like, you'll me. be like putting the gurney into a, uh, into like a, an ambulance. I'll be like, and you think he's just putting it. He's like, wait a second, I have a question. Would my character do this if you just had a coffee? <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. He like really thinks about every scene. And you feel like a terrible actor. You're so just, just like, I didn't know of that. that. Well yeah. you probably want
2: to go get half and half. It's just very cerebral. Very cerebral, very fun. That's yeah. like you can you, you can freestyle and like find yourself in this weird improv scene playing a character with Nick Gelfis yeah. for like two days. Yeah. Like for it should sure. last that long. Like and it would commit. commit. Like every time you all saw each other in a particular place. Like I feel like every time me and him actually find each other in the bathroom, we become these other people. Like what are you doing here? Huh? Washing your hands? Really? Seriously? Like, we do that type of stuff to each other. great to work with people like that.
1: What was the casting process like for you guys? Did you audition for any character other than the one you're playing now?
2: You know, I was almost Otis in Chicago Fire. I was a black character when they first wrote the original pilot, and I was the favorite for the character. And then last minute, and I was in college at the time. And I had like two or three months left to graduate and I was hoping I was gonna book it because I didn't want to finish school. I was like, man, get me out of here. To start working. And then um, next thing I know, they was like, uh, they changed the color of the character. Naturally I couldn't be uh Russian or you a girl could do mustache. It. You could do it. I
0: was
2: uh, you could be that powerful. Well maybe. Maybe. But Yuri does a magnificent job with that role, I think. Uh, well I know. And then then Chicago PD came around. I was like understudying at the Goodman, kind of just auditioning, and then before we know it, they were like, "You gonna play Kevin Atwater?" And at the time, I, his name was Keith, and I didn't even know who he was. Kyle Brusick. Yeah. You
0: know, Kyle Brusick. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we yeah. was, yeah. was, was Kyle, but Keith was like, kind of, I don't know, but it worked out, and I'm glad they changed his name.
0: I was offered a recurring role in Chicago Fire, and uh, they offered me. I did audition. I had no idea. The role was. I think it was played by Linda, Linda Evangeline or something. I don't even remember. But uh, uh, they offered to me on a Friday. And by Monday, the contract fell through. And if I had given me that role, I couldn't have done Burgess, which is kind of cool. I was, I was at my day job. I had gone in the audition the day before. And my agent called me. I was at the computer. I was a paralegal at a real estate firm. And he was like, I think your life's about to change. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're going to be a, a, a series regular in Chicago PD. And I was like... Do I leave my day job now? <laughs> <laughs> do I wait till five? <laughs> what do I do here? And then the next week I had to move to Chicago, and that was it.
2: And believe it or not, she didn't quit her day job too. We got picked up in season two. I
0: worked as a paralegal all through season one. Wow! What? I oh. did, <laughs> just I was just scared it was going to be canceled that I wanted a job. <laughs> That's too small.
2: I mean, it's smart, but if you do all the details, you'd be like, really? <laughs> I, was, but no. I, was
0: working, I was on Gossip Girl in the law firm one time, and I walked into, because I never quit my job, and I walked into the elevator, and this lawyer looks at me, and she goes, "Do you watch Gossip Girl? And I was like, yeah, sometimes. She goes, you look exactly like Gossip Girl. <laughs> and I was like, thank
2: you. <laughs> I get that all the time. <laughs> Not the Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> the most people think I'm a black Gossip
0: <laughs> okay, so it's pretty clear that Ruzik still loves Burgess, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Yes. Does Burgess feel the same way? And if so, what is keeping her from being like, let's get back together? Let's I don't think actually. He's do this. ready. I don't think that he's ready. He's, he's ready. ready. Oh Okay. I think he's sowing his wild oats on the side, and I don't think she wants to get her heart broken again. Interesting. Why? What do you think? Because I don't. I think he's ready. I think she's not ready, and I don't know why. Well, maybe that's true because she's evil. Now. <laughs> <Is that> evil? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I, I think that she's building up walls and that she's not ready to let him in because she's been burned. But I, I don't know that I agree with you that he's ready. And you stay. At least that's the way I'm playing. But I'll take <laughs> your consideration
1: account. <in> time. <laughs> um, so, Lori, oh, yeah. you dropped an Allen Iver- Iverson reference earlier, so hmm. the NBA nerd has to ask, what's who's your favorite player?
2: Mike Jordan. Yeah. Forever. my Second favorite player. Um, Yeah, he doesn't count. Second favorite, I'm doing his riding
1: Okay.
2: Right now, you know, it's hard to not like LeBron. Right. Uh, You know, I was a Kobe fan when he was around. Right. I'm a fan of uh, not just success, but significance. So, you know, if you're a cat in a game that I think changes the culture. Right. That's what, you know, I'm rooting rule, too.
1: There you have it. That's the highlights from the Marina and LaRoyce meet and greet at the Chicago Heroes event this past weekend. We hope you enjoyed hearing their answers. Stay tuned this week for the rest of our coverage from our weekend in Chicago. So until next time, bye everybody.